It's Mailbag Friday here on Locked On Boston College. And on today's show, we're going to get into the hockey coaching search, recruiting, future opponent schedules, and a whole lot more. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I am also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out all of my work there. For all of you, I want to reach out to all of my fans and listeners here. Thank you all who may have made Locked On Boston College your first listen, whether that's before you go to work every morning, in the car, while you're doing work, working out, whatever you do to listen to us, thank you to each and every single one of you. And if this is your first chance to listen to Locked On Boston College, I want to welcome you. We are a daily Boston College podcast. And as I said to some of our other listeners the other day, we're gonna, we've got some really special things coming up. We have a special guest on Monday. We have Mondays with Mitch. We have all sorts of different features coming up. I am going to be working on getting uh, opponents, uh, podcasters on our show every week during the summer. So you'll get someone from Rutgers, someone from every team except Maine uh, on the show to talk about their team so you get that perspective as well. So you can see a lot more guests coming up uh, as we hit the summer months. But one of our regular features here on Lockdown Boston College is our mailbag. And it's one of our popular things that you guys like to do because you get to ask me questions and get my perspective on some topics that you find important. So let's start diving in. Now, on our premium member uh, Discord, user Chuck uh, CHSCK Factory asked, with Kavanaugh out of the running, any updates on who is actually in the race for the hockey coaching job? So, as we said on the podcast the other day, Jerry York is retired. This is like one of the biggest stories in Boston College sports. Um, and, you know, the winningest coach in college hockey history. And he had his moment this week. You know, he had his press conference and there's been all sorts of great articles written on him. But now you have to go into who is going to replace him because you have to start securing recruitments and getting your program continuing to move. Because as much as we all love Jerry York, the program's going to continue on without him. So you have to figure out who you're going to get. Now, as I said on this podcast uh, last week, Mike McMahon of College uh, Hockey Insider, when when York first announced his retirement, his pick was, or one of his favorites, he said, was was uh, Mike Cavanaugh, the UConn hockey head coach. Uh, he was a former assistant under Jerry York, and he's really turned uh, UConn around. And... Uh, I thought that would be, it seemed like a slam dunk hire. You know, he's got, he's a coach on the rise. He'd be returning back to the school that where he started at. But on Thursday, Mike Cavanaugh, our UConn hockey tweeted out a, a statement from Mike Cavanaugh that read, I've never been more excited and optimistic about the future of our hockey program. Our student athletes and coaches have worked so hard to build UConn hockey into a contender for championships in one of the most competitive conferences in the country. But my aspirations for this program are yet to be realized. Our team has a tremendous amount of momentum behind it, a state-of-the-art facility coming online in less than a year, and outstanding support from university leadership and all of UConn Nation. I am honored to be UConn's men hockey's head coach, and I am committed to continuing to lead this program into a bright future. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily completely shut the door. You've, we've seen coaches say stuff like that and take jobs, but I, I would I would put my odds on that Mike Cavanaugh is now no longer in the running for the, the job. I mean, he sounds like he's pretty locked in. And honestly, I'm not – I mean, you if you guys have followed me in years past, you know I'm not the biggest UConn fan. When I was at BC Interruption, it used to be one of my favorite running jokes, uh, uh, kind of ripping on the school. But credit when credit's due – Kavanaugh has done a heck of a job with UConn and he's a state employee. So he's going to get a state pension out of that. He's got a program, as he says, it's on the rise and playing extremely well. They were in the hockey East uh, finals last year. They've been above 500 in hockey East, like three years in a row. He, and they're getting, you know, they're, as he says, they're going in the right direction. They're getting new facilities, all that good stuff. You know, who's not getting new facilities, Boston college, Boston College still has the Connie Forum where they have to share with the men's basketball program. And I I mean, if you got hockey getting their own thing over at UConn at a public school where he has, you know, he's honored as one of the best coaches that they've ever had, why would Kavanaugh leave? I mean, yeah, BC can probably pay him a little bit more, but he's got to then uh, coach under the shadow of York. So it makes no sense. I, 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 now that he said that it makes, it makes sense why he would stay there and, and get why I get why he did it. I don't, I don't like it. Cause I would have loved to see Kavanaugh here, but that's, that's the case. So the, this is a long winded way to get to the answer to your question. Cause I wanted to get to that news cause it was important, but what names are, are still uh, available that I think that are going to be uh, the, the possible next head coach. But there's a BC hockey blogger. I love this guy. I don't know his real name because he's he's anonymous. But he goes by at BC hockey blogger. Um, he had an old pod. He had an old uh, blog for a long time, and he then I think I think he worked as a manager for BC hockey. Um, but he's a he knows his stuff, and he's got some good connections. He said on Twitter. Wow, looks as if Cav is pulling his name out of the running. I would be stunned if Greg Brown is not the next head coach. Let's see what happens. And then he says, I'm hearing from sources that there was real interest between BC and Kavanaugh. He interviewed on Monday and had has lots of supporters in the BC administration. UConn stepped up with an enhanced offer. Would be very, very surprised if Brown isn't the next head coach. So for folks who don't know who Greg Brown is, he played defense at BC for three seasons uh, from 1986 to 1990. He went on to play in the NHL for a while and in Europe. He retired in 2003, and then he was a bench coach for Jerry York uh, from 2012 to 2000, uh, 2008 to 2012. Excuse me, and uh, he worked with David Quinn on the Rangers bench as well. Now this season he was a coach in the USHL with the Dubac Fighting Saints, where they went 37 and 16. So a good uh, good start as a head coach uh, for Greg Brown. So he's got connections to BC. His uh, I think he's got uh, nephews that played Pat Brown and um, I think there was another Brown. I'm totally blank. Uh, Christopher Brown, excuse me, that played for BC. Uh, so he has all those check boxes. If you want to kind of go in the Jerry York, uh, keep the Jerry York lineage going. Um, I think he's going to be the name that you're going to probably hearing most about. Now, could BC really throw a curveball? Sure, but the names that I keep getting hearing uh, here thrown around, I just don't see as a fit for Boston College. And it's not that BC can't like lure them away, but I, I look at a guy like I hear people saying like Greg Bra- uh, Greg Carvel uh, from or Carvel from UMass, right? Why would he leave? Other than money, why would he leave? He is in a program that is perennially a top four in the country uh, for the last like three or four years now. He's, you know, he's got 
full administrative support. He has no pressure. He's doing every, you know, he's already becoming, he's writing his own checkbook right now, basically becoming one of the best coaches in college hockey. Other than you want him at BC and BC is a uh, historical program. Why would he leave? It doesn't make any sense. So he, I don't, I, I think the same for Norm Blazin at, um, a uh, Basin, excuse me, at UMass Lowell. I think both of these guys have what they want where they're at. And I just don't see, you know, Bazin, I think, ha, you know, he's a UMass Lowell grad. He, he, these guys, there's much more I in my mind for some coaches now, you're seeing it more and more than money. And having security is, is something I think that's important to some of these people. And why would, you know, these two guys, Carville and Bazin, I just don't see them leaving. So another name I would watch for is Mark Dennehy, who is the former head coach of uh, Merrimack. Uh, he is in the USHL, I believe, as well. Um, he's a Boston College grad, and he was successful at Merrimack for a time as well. I, I don't like him as much. I don't like his name as much, but it, it seems to me Greg Brown's going to be the slam dunk. So thank you for that question and a little bit of hockey talk to start this off. Now, in a moment, we're going to get into our question about assistant head coaches in co- uh, assistant coaches in college football and what their roles are. You want to hear my thoughts on that. But first, you want to hear me talk a little bit about Built Bar because you know how much I like Built Bars. They're 100% covered in chocolate and they're a protein bar that is good for you. Now, if you have not tried out the Puffs, I don't know what to tell you at this point, you're missing out on something that is delicious, fluffy, it's protein-infused marshmallows covered in chocolate. How are you going to beat that? It is like a treat, but it is good for you. There's some great flavors too, including yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good, and you're going to really enjoy them. All built bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, the puffs too, and you're going to want to try these out because listen to the flavor profile of most built bars 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Wow. Gonna not gonna. And then the, and then the flavors that they have on top of that. You're going to hear this and go, why haven't I tried a Bilt Bar yet? It's a they're mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and they have new flavors all the time. You need to go to Bilt.com and check them out. And when you do go to Bilt.com and you make your order, use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. This is Mailbag Friday here at Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. On Monday, as I said earlier, we're going to have a special guest. You're going to want to make sure you check that out. And we're going to start getting into draft week time as it's uh, we're, we're on the home stretch for the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday next week. And we're going to have full coverage on Friday show next week. We're going to ha- talk all about where Zion Johnson ended up getting drafted. You're going to want to make hear our thoughts on that. Another Discord uh, member, El Pallone, wanted to know, um, one actual question. Do you act? Do you know anything about what it's like to have an assistant associate head coach? Like, how do you know what AAR's role uh, responsibilities are in this role? So just to kind of clarify what Pallone was asking, Azar Abdul-Rahim, who is the defensive backs coach, is also the assistant head coach um, for the Eagles. And so he wants to know what kind of what, – what do they do? And so there's a few things that I think the assistant head coach does. Uh, they're basically – you know, if they ever break up uh, a practice, they they are one of the like if they have different units working in different things, you might see you know Jeff Halfley working with one group, Azar Abdul Rahim working with another group. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with just pay, right? You <laughs> you want to give a guy a title and give him a little bump in pay so that he doesn't go somewhere else. But he does, you know, he he has administrative roles that um, Jeff Halfley dishes out to him. I think he's like, you know, he's the second in command, basically. 
And so I can't get into like the specifics because it's a good question that we'll have to ask Jeff Halfley uh, next year. But I imagine there's certain um, practice things that they're going to work out, like maybe think ideas that Azar Abdul Rahim can then pitch up to, to Halfley, uh, recruiting things. I bet I bet you I, I would bet a good amount of money that Azar Abdul Rahim is a huge factor behind the scenes in terms of the recruiting plan, um, how they're going to you know get guys you know addressing and, and finding the players that they want. So I bet that is a big piece he plays. I mean, just given I, I say that because I, I see what he does on the recruiting trail and he's like connected to everybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's a DMV guy or a cornerback, uh, anyone who's considered an athlete, which could be anybody uh, seems to have talked to Azar Abdul Rahim too. So I, my guess just because I haven't heard it from Halfley is that it, it has to do with that, but that's a great question. I'll try to get more from uh, Jeff when we go to press conferences during the summer. <laughs> and then El Palon wanted to ask, and I'm only going to get into it really quick because I don't want to ask Mitch and, and Eric this. He wanted me, he wanted me to go over my predictions from last year. And I I could tell you I have three that are off the top of my head that I I I, I had written down and I whiffed on all three. And I will t- I will swallow my piece of humble pie here uh to tell you that I completely whiffed on these three because they were just bad. Um, but again, it, it's all, you know, when you make a prediction, you don't expect Phil Dracovic to miss the whole entire season. So it kind of just throws it all in a loop. So I'll go over them quickly instead of having Mitch do it. Mitch can rip on me on Monday. Um, I'm sure he'll have the time. Uh, one of them was that BC would go nine and three. They absolutely did not. They went six and six. I also predicted that Boston college would beat a top 25 team. They did not. They didn't even come close again. If Je- if Phil Dracovic was there, they probably would have. I think I, I believe Clemson was ranked when they played them, and I I'm telling you, I, I if Dracovic was healthy, I think they would have stuck in that NC State game as well. Um, so I whiffed on that one. I'll I'll, I'll eat that pie right there. And then, oh man, the worst one I had was that BC's offense was going to rival that of 2007 uh, with the Matt Ryan year, and uh, yeah, no, Dennis Grossell is not going to beat Matt Matt Ryan's um. His uh, passing numbers and all that good stuff. But I think my predictions, you could just put a big X through all of them because I completely did not, you know, when you lose your star player, like if the Patriots lost Tom Brady like five years ago, everything goes out the window uh, when it's just that kind of player. Like if you lose a Flowers, that that sucks too, but like you can make move past that. But if you got a guy that can't even get there, you can't even like operate your offense, that's a bigger issue. Uh, so I'll have, I will do a better job this year of making much more reasonable expectations of BC, um, which is really funny because I got ripped online last week for being pessimistic, uh, which I th- I find hilarious because I I don't think of myself as pessimistic at all. Um, I mean, if I had BC going nine and three last year, I had BC with like coming off with like, like the most incredible offense and 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 recruiting. I'm pessimistic. I don't I don't think so. I'm not. I'm just real. I'm realistic with with recruiting stuff. And I tell you what I hear. It's not just my opinion. Uh, but that was a great question, El Palone. And um, I'll make sure that Eric and Mitch get a chance to rip on me for those though. So we'll, we'll get back to that in a little bit. In our final segment, we have another question, and then I'm going to get into a few quick news stories to end our week. But I have some exciting news for you all. The NFL Draft is here, and fans are dying to know who their team will take. 
Locked On and Odyssey present the ultimate NFL Mock Draft 2022. It's the biggest mock draft on the planet featuring 70 local Locked On experts and Odyssey NFL insiders, including Michael Irvin and Jason LaConifora over six episodes. The ultimate NFL Mock Draft is available now on the Locked On NFL podcast on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Mailbag Friday here at Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. You can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Discord user PZAP22BC, which I always look at as Pizza P. Uh, lots of talk about BC's pass rushing needing to improve, but how do they move up from ninety? How do they move up from ninety-two in rushing defense? And I got to shout out user Pat L, who then responded with the answer that I can't would have come up with because he he said it first, and his response was an improved defensive line, guys beating their blocks, linebackers coming up to make tackles as well. I think Pat L put it put it well. You need to get guys out there that can they can beat their blocks. I mean, remember what Harold Landry and Zach Allen did really well. Harold Landry had one of the best bends I've ever seen out of a defensive end at Boston College, and he used that to beat blockers. You don't see that out of the defensive line right now. You don't see the power either. You know, Marcus Valdez is an undersized defensive end. He's not the biggest guy out there. So he's got to figure out other ways to get to the quarterback. Um, and so the, my one thought is you, if you got guys like that out there, you got to figure out how to get them at the quarterback. But the other piece is Jeff Halfley needs to figure out other ways to get if, – if those guys can't do it one-on-one, you need to figure out other ways to do it. And that means throwing extra guys in blitzes, uh, holding you know better blocks. You can have coverage sacks. You can I mean if the if the defensive backs can hold on long enough for a guy like Valdez to get in, and Valdez can get it. One of the things I've always said about him is he's always like an inch away from getting a quarterback. Um, you you'll you'll get better um you'll get better results. And I think Pat L said it right well uh, as well as the linebackers just need to have a good season as well. But, you know, being where they need to be, sending them in uh, as support in that second level, I think all of that would improve the pass rush. And I, I still say that second defensive end is going to be the position to look at. Um, but also don't don't snoo- don't um, don't sell on Chibuzi and Wuka coming back, too, because I feel like he's he's a good difference maker up the middle in terms of guys having uh, offensive lines kind of having to account for him. Uh, he's not like he's not the most expl- he's not like BJ Raji or Ron Brace, but he's a guy that can, you know, get a little bit more pressure up front. So I think a little bit of all of that will get you what you want in terms of more sacks in 2022. And the last question is from Chris Davis uh, on Twitter, who DM'd me one, and I don't have an answer, but I'll let you, uh, the readers, hit me up on Twitter with some that I that you can think of. He says BC football has the All Earth All Arbor Day t- Day team with a tr- proud tradition, and he includes names that fit into this All Earth All Arbor Day team: Christian Mahogany, Kevin Pine, Damian Woody, and Marcus Cherry. He wants to know if you guys can think of any other names. And I thought and thought and thought, and I was like, I, I cannot 
I cannot come up with any other names. I mean, and finally, just a few quick news items. Uh, bad news or sad news out of the world of college basketball is former Boston College assistant head coach Chris Cheeks passed away on Thursday. He was with Boston College from 2017 through 2021 um, under Jim Christian. He was an assistant. Um, not sure what happened. There's no news about you know cause of death, but you know. Thoughts and prayers to his family. He also spent time at VCU, Western Kentucky, and Delaware. Sad news there to kind of end our week, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. It was a quiet week all around in college football, college basketball news, and uh, everything in between. So make sure you follow us on YouTube. You can go to Locked On Boston College anywhere you find your podcast and hit subscribe. Give us a, a review if you like us. Subscribe and tell tell friends and family about Locked On BC. We do this every single day, uh, five days a week. You get your Boston College news in a nice twenty minute uh, segment. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to check out my work at bcbulletin.com. Make sure to bookmark that page and become a premium member so you can join our Discord as well and you can uh, make fun of me as much as you want there as well. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care.